Right, welcome to the Music Hole Podcast, your one-stop shop for three musical elitists who assume that you give a fuck about our opinions on the music we talk about. We do it every week uh, here at twitch.tv slash Matthew Cassanda. We also put up the edited version of the show. Those are always able to be found on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Apple Music, and you can find all that other link stuff at our anchor.fm account, the Music Hole Podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, the handle is the Musical Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, where most of the engagement happens, uh, you can hit us up there at the Musical Pod. And if you feel so inclined to support the show financially, feel free to head over to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/TheMusicalPodcast. So that was it. Easy. Uh, let me bring my boys on, and uh, we'll go through our quick little sponsors, and uh, we'll get into the show. So, uh, what's up, boys? How was your week? great week one of the best weeks i've ever had was your was your week great because of white claw or liquid death uh if it means that i get a sponsorship then yeah out here chilling (laughs) was your week only good because you you're gonna get to talk about weezer a bunch i wouldn't say exclusively because of that but uh i i guess it's a perk (laughs) (laughs) As always, my sponsor for the show is White Claw. Delicious White Claw, which um, I I am... Well, they they can't see. They can't see. I'm drinking a White Claw right now. So... (sighs) Delicious. Great job. Yeah, White Claw, sponsor the show. We've been trying. Where are you at? Come through, Shorty. What's up? She bang. Um, yeah, my sponsor, Goose Island. It's a beer drink it good and yeah my sponsor of course is liquid death um who you know murders plastic regularly so that's sick and murders thirst yeah that too they're just really out here killing things oh yeah liquid death we love you uh music news let's get into it um some cool stuff happened this week uh uh the stuff that i want to talk about uh, being this new song that came out by Every Time I Die. Uh, everybody knows this band rips, and their new singles have been no exception to that. The song's called AWOL. It's heavy. It's fun. It's pretty much everything you'd expect from Every Time I Die. So I'm excited to see where they're going in terms of any sort of new album. We got a new uh, Aviana song. These guys are like a pretty straight, run-of-the-mill metalcore breakdown centric band but there's a part at the end of this song just hits really fucking hard every time the song's called retaliation it's a breakdown in it you know i love it uh but the vocalist does some sick ass gutturals at one point and i haven't really heard that from these guys so 
It's kind of cool to hear that. Uh, proving that 2021 is starting off strong with uh, in the hardcore scene. We've got a band called Extinguish. The song just absolutely rips. Uh, but go check it out at extinguish.bandcamp.com and the song itself uh, it's called Unconquered extinguish.bandcamp.com it's a, a two and a half minute banger and it proves that uh, 2021 Cali Hardcore is still uh, still kicking so check it out what do you guys got? No, 2020 ended 2021 Hardcore oh is that what you said? yes Are you sure? yes okay uh, so this week for music news, I got a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a electronic artist from the UK. He goes by Igloo Ghost. Uh, he just announced his second full-length album. I'm gonna try to pronounce this. It's Lay Line Eon, I think. Uh, the single that came with the announcement was Sylph Fossil. Sometimes when he uses vocals, there's like this sort of cloud rap style sing like sort of sung slash rapped verses and stuff um so some of that over his like signature uh sounding beats and really enjoyable song so that's uh that's something to look forward to i don't know if he gave a date yet for that he did april 2nd uh and then everybody's favorite or least favorite alien loving tech death uh group brings a saturn <laughs> There's no in-between. They just re-announced a re-recording of Embryonic Anomaly, which is their debut album that came out now 10 years ago. Um, they uh, released a music video alongside that uh, for... Uh, which song was it? Wasn't it Seized and Devoured? No, it was Abducted. Nice. Uh, I'm on music news today, uh, starting out with Cannibal Corpse. Um, they are releasing a new album on April 16th. They just uh, went ahead and released a new single uh, called Inhumane Harvest. The album is called Violence Unimagined. Pretty sick artwork. Um, second one, um, nothing new from this band, um, but after the burial, where they keep their merch, their storage unit had gotten broken into. Um, some LED lights were stolen and uh, Mesa Cab and some tour-exclusive merch. Uh, their drummer is basically the one who uh, put all that info out there, and uh, he kind of left some details, so if you see someone in Minnesota rocking some After the Burial swag, uh, hit those guys up, and also uh, buy some of their merch and stream some of their stuff so they can kind of recoup all that stuff. Um, Listen to Rare Form. There you go. Yeah, rare Form. Um, last but not least, um, couple of the ex-Faceless members and uh, one member from the Black Dahlia Murder have started a new band. Um, they are called Shared Trauma. They released a song called Radiant Prison. Um, I think it's pretty awesome. I shared it with the guys and um, I think that they're just ex excited about it as I am and it rips so go check that out. It's got a black and white album cover as the art too so you know it's heavy. You already know what you're getting into. <laughs> Just like Umber Vitae was. Yeah, yeah. Man, that shit smacked too, huh? Let's jump into the three albums we're talking about tonight, huh? We got uh, three, as always. You know, you know, you love it. Three. Three, everybody. And, uh, let's give it up three. for three, everyone. 
Give it up for three. The number three. The number of the day. The number of the day. Number three. Yes, sir. I feel like there's going to be a lot of numbers on this show. <laughs> so we've got three albums. The first one being by Stephen Wilson called The Future Bites. After that, we'll be talking about the new portrayal of guilt album called We Are Always Alone. Finally, to close out the show, OK Human by Weezer. But since the Steven Wilson album was Bijan's pick for the week, I'm going to let him take it away for the uh, first starting thoughts on this one. Killer. Um, so Steven Wilson, The Future Bites, uh, nine songs, 42 minutes. I've been a huge fan of Steven Wilson for a while. Like, The Raven Refused to Sing is probably one of my favorite, like, prog records. And uh, it's pretty much been, like, the, the peak slash standard for me uh, as far as, like, Steven Wilson goes. And if you're not familiar with Steven Wilson, he's kind of all over the place. Uh, he's most known for Porcupine Tree and then this as well. And then I guess if you get super nerdy with it he mixes and masters like jeffrey toll records and some other weird stuff he's starting to bridge out of the the prog world before you can say that he could be someone that could be kind of compared to devin townsend or like the aristocrats um but now he's kind of breaking into more of the pop world and trying to be more modern and you kind of hear some like old school kind of influences on this album whether it's like a faith no more or, you know, like some harmonies were of something like Ghost. Um, so he does pull off a lot of things on this record that he couldn't previously pull off on his 2017 album, uh, which uh, was called To the Bone. And I think that was the first time that he kind of experimented with pop. But uh, yeah, I really like uh, a lot of what he did on this one. Um, I do want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, so I was never the biggest Porcupine Tree fan. I've listened to them. They just never really scratched that itch of prog that I was looking for. And I guess it's probably my fault for not diving too deep into them. Because I always kind of, and I know it's stupid because they're not at all like this, but they always kind of fell into that same vibe of like Polyphia, Intervals, that kind of group of bands. And I just never really gave them much of the time of day. Um, but I didn't hate this album at all. Um... At times, I think it did kind of sound like a fucking soundtrack to like Forever 21 or H&M, but I still liked a lot of what he was doing with like the pop elements here. You say that, but like H&M soundtrack is like always slapping, so. That's facts. That's facts. I don't think, I don't know enough to know how much out of the scope of Porcupine Tree this really sounds, so I guess going into it, I'm not trying to compare it to any of his previous work. I'm not really seeing it as anything is just a standalone album for me. Um, but I really fucking digged a lot of like the slower atmospheric tracks on this one. Um, there was some really cool pop elements that paired well with his prog, just song structures in general. But then he also did, a, he just did a lot of experimentation on this. It seemed like there was blues, a lot of blues elements, some jazzy, jazzy moments, some really cool, just like droney elements, a lot of electronic shit that sounded really cool. And uh, especially in like the transitions between songs, there was some really cool like sound design just going on there. I can't remember the exact song. I know it was early in the album, but there's this one that like, there's just this jarring end that kind of just slowly devolves into just this really weird like noisy drum beat that kind of just like keeps repeating and then it goes into the next song. I've got songs I want to talk about, but I'm gonna let Jay kind of give his 
initial thoughts before we go into the deep dive i guess just kind of setting the stage for me too like i'm not as well versed in uh steven wilson i think as Bijan is either i don't know how i would be feeling about this album if i was a fan of his because from my understanding and and really just even in listening to this um knowing what i know about his previous music like this is a pretty significant departure in some ways like there's almost like an anti-pop nature to this album because i think He's trying to shoehorn like different eras of music into like a very modern sounding record. And it comes across in a way that I don't think is like super accessible, like right off the bat outside of the song King Ghost and um, maybe like the last track Count of Unease. I'd say most of these songs are grounded in like 70s and 80s, like song structures and production trends and chord patterns and things like that. Um, but that's not to say that this isn't a very like modern sounding production because I don't think Steven Wilson's capable of creating an album without that like doesn't sound clean as hell. But I'm really reminded of like mid to late 70s era Pink Floyd on like especially on the tracks from like uh, tracks four through six, which were 12 Things I Forgot, Eminent Sleaze and The Man of the People. Like you get uh, both like Dark Side of the Moon or like uh, even like Wish You Were Here kind of vibes from some of those songs. And then in like true 80s fashion, you've got your like anti-consumerism themes and like the uh, arguably overly drawn out personal shopper. Um, But then that song Follower has like a lot of like those porcupine tree vibes from like um, some of their like bigger albums and stuff, too. So uh, it's a very diverse sounding record. But like I said, like it doesn't really try to be a modern record in the in the material just in the production so it's kind of a unique sound in that in that sense and i don't know like right off the bat it was kind of hard for me to get into it but i found as i listened to it more um i found a lot more things that i really enjoyed what were your songs matt give me some songs i had uh king ghost is actually my favorite song on the on the album that's a great song just man that chorus part is so fucking pretty yeah, the vocal the manipulation. Way, yeah, his vocal he does manipulation. It, he goes down an octave like just before and then goes like mm-hmm. up two octaves after yeah. that. And it's just yeah. like, it's so otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just as a whole, that song is so like minimal, but there's so much mm-hmm. going on. Like there's those synth pads that are doing like a really cool synth pattern that's super drowned yeah. out. It's like arpeggiation. Like, that yeah. low fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's got like that lo-fi kind of feel to it, but it's again, like you said, it's lo-fi in the sense that it's just drowned in like a, a, a like a low pass and shit. But like, it's still clean as fuck, and it comes through so yeah. strong, even though it's intentionally sounding like it's completely underwater and everything. And his vocal delivery on this one in general is just insane. Like you said, like some of the highs really just accentuate how the like instrumentation is is creating just this like really thick atmosphere um i think overall like that that track man of the people and count of unease those were my main favorites on this one and that was kind of like a big thing i noticed throughout this that when he slows it down on this album and when he kind of creates more of like a minimalist atmospheric feeling that's when i was really intrigued by this album um especially man of the people he's got like you said jay i'm glad you brought that up because i heard a lot of that especially in imminent sleaze like that 70s blues era you got like these really heavy like john lee hooker influence and shit like that like just really old school blues influence on that cut but it fits like it fits so well it doesn't ever all of his 
obvious like 70s and 80s and even sometimes 90s inspiration on this album doesn't feel forced at all like it just fits really well with what he's doing here song man of the people really stood out to me i would love to see steven wilson drop like an 80s synth pop album just because of what he did on that song i know this is definitely more of a Bijan record in terms of just like overall having like more context to base it off of but for me it was those slow jams on this one that really got me i I loved the album as a whole but if if it was just all stuff that sounded like king ghost and count of unease i would have been in heaven like that's that's 100 percent my shit and what he really fucking like i feel like he killed it on this album with that stuff those are like his his typical more like what he kind of did in his past as, as far as like his Stephen Wilson project. Uh, if you if you do go listen to uh, Raven Refuse to Sing um, and you listen to like Man of the People, you can actually hear a lot of those um, same kind of influences to his older kind of stuff. And I think that those, that song and then King Ghost, like you were saying, like those songs I think were more for his fans of, of those past records. Um, and you know, like Jay had said, this one kind of steers away from what he's been doing and it's kind of just a a new kind of element. And I'm glad that Jay picked up on a lot of the older influences, but making it more of like a, a, like a modern album. Um, because I think that's really what he was going for. And, you know, his last record, like I said, wasn't something that he pulled that off quite well. Um, he pulled it off a lot better on this one. And I think before I give a rating and everything, um, I, I will say this is probably my the second favorite album behind Refuse. I love it from start to finish. Another song I really liked a lot and probably one of my favorites, uh, 12 Things I Forgot. I told Jay like last week that um, I didn't fully listen to this album the day that it released just because I kind of went back and repeated that song over and over again. You know, the more I listen to this album, I think I find more things that I like and just have a good mm-hmm. time. Yeah, some of my favorite tracks are, I would basically, I'm just parroting the same ones because it was King Ghost, <laughs> 12 Things I Forgot, Man of the People, Follower, uh, definitely strongest, tr- strongest tracks on here. I felt like the other ones were probably more forgettable than they were bad, um, you know, and I, again, like it's hard for me to really judge this in the context of his music because I don't listen to it very much, but I think that this is probably going to be an album that's pretty polarizing for Stephen Wilson fans, um, who's like always kind of made a name for himself pushing boundaries, not really like retreating from them, right? So I don't know. It'll be interesting how he proceeds from here. Um, but I am prepared to say that I like this this album. Uh, I'm just not a, a diehard or a lifelong fan or anything like that. So take it for what it's worth. I gave this a seven out of ten, though. Um, Definitely, definitely think King Ghost is one of the best best songs I've heard so far this year, though. For me personally, um, I really liked the slower cuts off this one. I just really liked a lot of that drowning in atmosphere that he was able to create on stuff like King Ghost and Count of Unease. But I liked a lot of just the decisions that were made. I think that's the thing that stood out to me the most on this was like, just the way that things were introduced or put into the mix, like especially on something like Man of the People, like you're listening to that song, you don't ever expect it, and you just get this really loud acoustic guitar coming out of nowhere, and it just hits, like it hits really well. And you've got stuff like that. You've got like the minimalism of Count of Unease as being the closer of the record. Like 
it's just really well put together as a whole. For me, I would have scored this way higher if a few of the more just super upbeat songs were cut out. But that's, again, personal preference. I just think that the slow burners on this one really hit me a lot harder than a few of the other tracks. Um, like Jay said, the songs I didn't like weren't bad. They just were kind of forgettable to me. Um, so for that, I gave this one a six and a half out of ten. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool, too. Um, just to kind of bring it up is the fact of um, Weezer kind of leads into this a little bit more on their album, but I think it's kind of cool to have two albums that were kind of inspired by OK Computer and yeah. kind of go after... <laughs> I was going to mention okay, like the OK Computer influences on this, too, but I didn't really like bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's, <laughs> that's funny that you should mention that. Um, and then just how, um, you know, technology's bad and all of these, like, fun, like, things and um, songs like Self and, like, Personal Shopper kind of go on the same kind of, like, thing that Weezer goes on. Um, but, like, I will say that just to kind of spoil it a little bit, Weezers are a little bit more positive, and these are yeah. definitely a little bit more cynical. <laughs> um, so it's just nice to have that contrast. Um, also, with the song Personal Shopper, not sure if you guys knew this or not, but all the spoken word parts in that song were done by Elton John. Um, so oh, that's shit. Pretty, oh my god, no way. Pretty hilarious. He, you know, he was also on the new Gorillaz yeah. album, too. That's, yeah, he's trying to be hip still. It's Trying? <laughs> well, he's yeah, always, he's, yeah, man, yeah, he's he pretty succeeding. He's got so much drip. <laughs> that man's gonna have drip till I'm dead. For sure. Yeah, uh, I'm giving out my first one on the show. Um, I gave this one a 10. Uh, I was really happy about the way the song Perfect came out. record. And, uh, yeah, okay. for sure. Steven Wilson. The Future Bites, the first 10 of 2021. Check it out. To switch gears away from the beauty and minimalist prettiness that was The Future Bites, we're going to jump into this new portrayal of guilt album called We Are Always Alone. This record is nine songs and it clocks in at about 26 minutes. And man, it's heavy. Um... Last week, I got to gush about my love for post-hardcore, and this week, it seems I get to gush for my love of metallic hardcore. I was so hyped for this. I Portrayal of Guilt has been, in my opinion, a super underrated act in hardcore. Uh, I know they've gotten a lot of publicity, and they've, they've done audio tree stuff, but I've always felt like they don't get a lot of recognition for just how well they convey emotion through these songs that are relentless they remind me in the terms of like the emotional aspect they remind me a lot of bands like holy fawn even and sometimes like converge with the way that they get this kind of super aggressive sound but when you pay attention to it and you kind of like let it envelop you you realize like how miserable the content of it really is if you've never listened to portrayal of guilt before they're a really sick like overall metallic hardcore band but they have a lot of black metal inspiration they have a lot of post-metal inspiration and this album we are always alone kind of is them at their peak 
in my opinion. Something, just a little backstory to this. This came out, I think, two weeks ago, and when it came out, they coined this as the album being made for those who have struggled over the last year or so, in particular with, like, the pandemic and everything like that. This was an album they wrote to kind of express that feeling of just isolation, the the anxieties and the, the pain that comes with that. And this happens throughout the album through their shifts between black metal, post-metal, atmospheric pretty sounds mixed with like these really dirty riffs and just production value overall there's a ferocity to the actual music that just really never lets up to go into kind of like the nerd aspects of this the production i think sounds great and this is thanks to production from philip odom and then mastering from will yip philip odom is the genius that has done a lot of like assistant engineering on really heavy hitting albums like from bands like Code Orange, Angel Dust, Law Dispute, Anthony Green. You hear kind of the dirtiness that you expect from a Code Orange record, but you hear the spaciness that you expect from something like Anthony Green or Law Dispute. And then Will Yip is the guy that does a lot of mastering for Turnover, Title Fight. He did the mastering on The Great Dismal for nothing. And it you hear all of this. You hear all of these different influences coming from these two guys. It just pairs really nicely for Portrayal of Guilt. I don't know, man. Just this one really hit me. Uh, super fucking heavy, but it's still, when you listen to it a few times, that that heaviness kind of backs up a bit and you start to feel a lot of what's being conveyed through the vocal delivery. I, I love this one, and I'm really excited to kind of dive into this one with Did you guys. Did you like it? <laughs> I liked it a lot. So last year, Petraeo put out a single, and like I've listened to them quite a bit. Matt, like Matt talked about, they were on... Um, uh, audio tree and all that good stuff. That's actually where I first heard them. But last year's single, uh, The End of Man Will Bring Peace to This Earth, was, I think, probably one of the best singles like I heard all year last year. And it was only like th- yes. a three-minute long song. Jesus fucking Christ, cat, Get out of here. <laughs> it was only a three-minute, ten-second song, but it was like just as heavy as that title. And um, yeah, I think they released actually like five of the the nine tracks on this record early right am i crazy nine well it was a nine song album but i think they did four of them almost half of the record so this is like the final five songs that came out with this uh so i guess suffice to say like the bar was set pretty high for this record in my mind because like let pain be your guide with that I think I, Matt and I, we t- talked about this a little bit um, where like, like they have a lot of high points, but they're not quite a band that I feel like has hit like that top tier uh, for me yet. Cause there's a lot of like inconsistencies and stuff with that record and like, and let pain be your guide was kind of their entry into like mainstream hardcore attention. I'm not sure how much they really put out before then. I think maybe only like one EP or something. Right. So they were pretty fresh on that with that record. And so now on, on this record, like um, I think stylistically, like a lot of the same things are there. They're still using like the, I'd say majority of um, the songs have pretty clear black metal trace uh, like influences, but it's still like this hybrid of all these different kinds of like heavy, heavy music of like power violence and hardcore. And it all sort of just blends now into like their style because we've all, we've gotten used to the fact that they can kind of weave in and out of these different um, genres pretty seamlessly. The issue that I was running into with this record 
is that in seven of like the nine songs, you have these like moments, the closing moments of the songs where the music usually devolves into some kind of like ambience or a soundscape or like just, and like after a certain point, like they start to feel like filler and it's sort of disrupting to the album's flow for me because they're just sort of forcing this dynamic into the music that I don't think is really needed. And as you get into the second half of the record, especially like they show that they're more than capable of writing that like into the music naturally without, without having to insert 40 seconds of synth drone. That was kind of the one thing on this record that I would say was holding it back a little bit. And like, I don't know, it, it's just frustrating that this band always finds a way from <laughs> to hold themselves back, at least to my ear. Like, I can't help but think that like, they're capable of writing a record that's consistently good start to finish. Cause all these songs, if you were to take those parts out, I think that all those songs are like borderline perfect songs. Some of them, maybe not all of them, but like they're all really good, strong songs. So it's like, why do we need that? I don't need it. Did you need it? (laughs) Bijan thoughts. I, I appreciated it. Um, actually, um, I think one of the biggest things for me about the album, um, is the emotion of the album itself. Um, and I think that a lot of those synth parts do a really good job of like kind of bringing that all together. There's definitely like that wall of sound and there, it's almost like a showcase of like an everlasting doom to me. Um, and I think that everything's used as an instrument. And they're all fluctuating throughout the whole entire album. And I think that's why I enjoy the synth parts a lot um, as they transition every song. You know, you get like the first two tracks on the album and they're very, they open up with like big bass riffs and and drums and stuff like that. And then that album kind of tails off. You know, you start to get like clean vocals and all these different things, but all of those get used as an instrument and they kind of, go into the overlasting thing of this whole album being like that isolation feeling being you know uh very doomy so like even with you know like a song for instance like um it's already over you know like the those clean vocals that are like chants um they sound like very uplifting but like in the background you have drums going all over the place there's still chaos and there's still doom I think they did a really good job of like having an overall concept to kind of fall back on. Um, and like you guys said, there's every song on here is not great. I think like uh, they want us all to suffer. It's like a song that I really don't have any attachment to. Okay, but real quick, that has like the most brutal tom roll at the beginning of it. I just yes, want to throw it, it yes. in there. The intro. <laughs> yeah, so sick. Their their drummer their drummer probably shined on this album a little bit more than anything else that he's ever done. Yeah, um, I agree with that. But yeah. I mean, this album was just great just because back to back tracks just slam. Um, you know, it's already over going into uh, Masochistic Oath and then uh, Garden of Despair going into My Immolation. Like, that's just perfect. I mean, you if you want a back to back song, like, it's just great. And then I think, like, My Immolation has turned into like one of my favorites on the record. I love like the 90s, like, grungy vibes on that entire song yeah 100 percent. yeah that the moment where he starts to sing that my vision fades away part was probably my like favorite moment on here because i wasn't expecting it you know that was one of those moments where you're listening through the first time and it's just like 
a surprise and it like it it's just so powerful when it hits just right like that and i felt like that was definitely one of those moments they saved for the perfect well okay i'll come back to this i don't think they saved it for the right like the perfect moment on the record but i think that it hit really well where it was my favorite tracks on this the second coming which was the opener um that whole centerpiece part track four it's already over track five masochistic oath and track six they want us all to suffer were um just like back to back to back all excellent and different sounding songs like they none of them really it's a nice like diverse group of, of tracks right there and then of course the penultimate track my emulation i think is the best song that's on here but like it just annoys me that they hide how good they really are at stuff like this by pushing that to the second to last track and like there's not another track on here that sounds anything like that. Maybe that's just me that like being too hard on them again, but it's just like I, I can't help but feel like these guys are capable of writing really powerful music start to finish. And like, I just don't really feel like I got that on this record the way that I wanted to, I guess. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just setting myself up for disappointment by saying that, like, you know, oh, these guys are so good and they write such cool, interesting music. This album still captures the essence of what I wanted it to, like this frantic, depressive energy that, like, there's certain bands out there doing it. And there's not a lot of bands that are doing it right right now. And I think Portrayal of Guilt can be, like, maybe the best among them if they were to write a really excellent record which i think they are capable of doing yeah i i actually agree with you um spoiler alert the only reason this album didn't get a perfect score out of me was because of some of those atmospheric tracks now but overall i think this whole record front to back is just sick like it's just so good and the the runtime is perfect it's not even a half an hour long it's a quick listen and it, it does what it needs to do I had a really hard time even picking songs that were better than others because every listen I kind of felt like I was drawn more towards a different song. But things that stood out to me in particular, anesthetized, you could hear that bass tone throughout the record, but being able to just hear it isolated was so fucking cool. And it really gave it a chance to shine, which I thought was sick. Once the bass gets its like two measures of just doing its thing, the, the guitar riff that comes in was very similar to stuff off of Let Pain Be Your Guide, which I thought was really cool. And I know that's kind of their vibe, so it's not like it's really drawing back to it, but that particular riff off of Anesthetize really reminded me of a of riffs off of Let Pain Be Your Guide. For me, It's Already Over was easily, like, my favorite track on this one. I was, like, even before we started the show tonight when we were just hanging out beforehand, I just kept screaming in the background, just yelling, fucking, my eyes roll back. <laughs> The terror begins like that whole fucking end passage is just so fucking heavy. And like Jay said, there are moments on this that that one in particular, I wish I could hear again for the first time. And that is not the only instance on this record of something hitting you for the first time and wishing you could kind of feel that again. Uh, Masochistic Oath, I think, was the strongest example of them using that industrial ambient kind of weirdness at the end of the track to transition into something that kind of transition between like the minimalism and, and droniness into just this fucking like assault of sound was super fucking cool. i guess i just wish it wasn't like every song you know what i mean 
And that's the thing. It's every song they kind of end that. The the masochistic oath ending works there because it creates a di- it creates that contrast between what you then get with they want us all to suffer. I like how we're all talking about my immolation. That was also one of my my tops for this album. For me, the reason that that hit me so hard was because that intro reminded me so much of an under oath song like not a particular one but it just reminded me of something that an under oath song would have been off of like define the great line but that song's a great example like you said of what these guys are truly capable of this song i think my emulation hits every fucking thing that they do well and they seamlessly just easily fucking go between it they've got you know the intro which sounds like something from like a post hardcore record and then they go right into the black metal vibes then they have a moment where it's almost like two step hardcore and then at the very end they close it out with a little shoegaze like these guys just are able to blend and and bend genres like so fucking easily yeah for me my emulation and we are always alone uh again another example title tracks executed perfectly in 2021 i thought we are always alone was a great fucking closer to this record and a great kind of encompassing of what this whole album really is about. I gave this a nine out of 10. This album's quick, and I I think the best thing I have to say about it is this album's quick, and it's very fucking painful, but it's in the best way. These guys really, to me, show no signs of letting up. Um, They may not be the most prolific, but I feel like when they do make themselves heard, there's a meaning to it, and there's a purpose to it, and they are very good at not just putting out bullshit. They, They really craft what they're doing so every release is good, and I'm really, really excited to to see more from Portrayal of Guilt after listening to this album. I mean, for me, I think the only thing that doesn't really give us one perfect score, um, like uh, Tempting Pain, and uh, They Want Us All to Suffer, and then, I mean, the title track, We're Always Alone, there's parts that I like, and then there's parts that I don't like. Um, so I, I don't think it was the strongest track and, you know, take that for what it is, but, um, I gave this one an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's some things in this that I feel like I was a little bit disappointed by, um, but only because again, I feel like the band is capable of more than what I've heard. And with that, I gave it an eight out of 10, which in no way is a bad score. I think, um, this is a really, really great record. It's just that just could be it could be more. That's my correct opinion. And I think we're all Bijan, you gave it an eight and a half. I did, sir. Yeah. So it got a nine, an eight and a half, and an eight. That's a that's a strong score from the boys, I'd say. I wish I could do math. Is that your segue into Weezer talking about numbers? <laughs> that's a good one. Um Let's talk about OK Human from Weezer. Wow. Weezer in 2021. Here we are. Before before we get into it, I do want to mention that um, when you announced that you were going to uh, put this as your pick, I did put it up on Twitter, and I kind of like cropped a little bit of the artwork asking which album this was, and someone <laughs> Everyone thought said... it was Dance Gavin Dance? <laughs> <laughs> it, it do look like a Dance Gavin it Dance does. album cover, it's I'll tell you what. action-packed album cover. <laughs> <laughs> so Weezer, 
um, puts out their first record of 2021. I say their first because they actually have another like four albums planned and one album already announced. Van Weezer, oh, which please. is coming out in a couple months. So, okay, Human was a uh, project that Weezer had started pre-pandemic, but then had to put on pause when they started work on Van Weezer, and then started work on again uh, after the pandemic hit, and um, they kind of had to uh, restructure their their schedule. So I've been a fan of Weezer since like um, I was like 10 years old. I always check out their new music, no matter how cringy it gets, uh, and it does get cringy. But I was kind of pleasantly surprised when like first the the single All My Favorite Songs came out a few weeks ago when we talked about it on the show. Um, and then like kind of diving into this record, I found that this was territory Weezer had never really gone before, which um, with this record, a lot of the, the instrumentation, traditional guitars and bass guitars and things like that are replaced by symphonic elements, um, more Baroque instruments. They actually recorded the strings at Abbey Road, if, if you couldn't have already guessed it. The, the Beatles have and continue to influence Weezer in like a lot of really interesting ways. And I think OK, OK Human, I'm going to say OK Computer like a hundred times. OK <laughs> Human is probably their like strongest attempt yet to really replicate some of the things that like Paul McCartney was doing. Uh, well, maybe even less McCartney and Lennon, but George Martin's sound um, specifically with like those or orchestral uh, elements and things like that. The Beatles comparisons aside, um, <laughs> Rivers still has some really goofy lyricism. I feel like that when he's less ironic and less goofy, like he writes some really great personal and like uh, relatable lyrics. Um, songs like Numbers and Mirror Image, I think were a couple of the strongest lyrical songs that he's done. You know, the drums are still really punchy and rock drums, but they're uh, juxtaposed by this really beautiful music. Matt, just tell me what... Just rip the bandaid off. What do you, what is so bad about this record, huh? Okay. I I promised you going into this that I would give this a fair shake. And I think while you were talking, it all clicked for me. I loved, I absolutely fucking loved the instrumentation on this album. For me, they're too upbeat. And I think it might be just the vocal delivery at times and some of, like you said, like the, the 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 lyrical content and stuff. Like some of these tracks really fucking work. Like Dead Roses. I fucking love Dead Roses. I've been listening. Every time I listened to this album over the last week and I got to Dead Roses, I played it like three times back to back. I love that fucking song. And I think it's because it's the most, for me, it has like that relatable vibe like you were saying, even if it's a little bit more... Uh, metaphoric and like a little ironic at times with lyrical content but like there's just something about that song to me that doesn't feel like a Weezer song. I think that's always kind of been my beef with, with Weezer is like they're just so fucking like upbeat all the fucking time and it sucks because you you've seen on albums like you've seen it on like Pinkerton because some of like the overdriven guitars that we heard from them in 2001, like the Green Album and shit like that, like that sounded cool. I liked, I did like Green Album. I liked Weezer back in the day. And it just reminded me why I kind of stopped liking them as time went on. It was like the, that departure from that sound they had still very musically punk and, and a little bit more uh, dirty. I mean, this shit was heavy. 
Right, yeah, it was. Fuck, like, you got... like, both Blue Album and uh, Pinkerton were really heavy records. Yeah, they were heavy fucking records. And, like, the sound of it was just thick, and it was fucking just drowning in overdrive and, and just, like, a really cool crunch. Like, there was just a lot of grunge elements that really worked for them. Like, kind of all-or-nothing approach to, like, vocals in that era of Weezer and something about maybe, and maybe it's a preconceived notion. Maybe it's just that the, the shit they've put out for the last maybe decade, I just fucking hated. So I tried going into this, not having that preconceived notion. I think that's why songs like dead roses and numbers, even screens kind of stood out to me screens. I got super heavy, say anything vibes from, and I got a lot of that overall from this. And I understand that there is no way Weezer is inspired by Say Anything. It's most likely the other way around. But overall, things I did like about this, I loved the instrumentation. I loved a lot of what was going on musically on this. I think it was just, this is kind of like the inverse of what I always gush about. But on this, it was the verses that really stood out to me as parts I liked. It was the choruses that just fucking turned me off to almost any song. I just couldn't get behind how like fucking just happy and upbeat sing-songy a lot of these choruses well, hold were on. fucking annoyed the shit I hear out of the me. sadness in your laughter is the literal chorus of numbers that's one of the saddest lines i think i could i've ever heard rivers sing. oh i know and listen i know but it's like the delivery just doesn't line up with that it doesn't make me feel you that. don't it just feel, makes me feel it man like, like his whenever he hits that like that tenor range like he he just cuts and through you, yeah. and it's like it's so good and he does and he does I just, I don't it's know. just there's i can't see it it's just this maybe it's just like like i said it might be a preconceived notion of weezer maybe i need to like get put into a coma and fucking brought out of it and immediately put this album in headphones so i don't know what the fuck i'm listening to i wouldn't try that <laughs> But no, overall, like, I liked a lot of what was going on here. I liked Dead Roses a lot. That's my favorite song on this album. I fucking love that song. It's so sick. I think it's probably that and Numbers, honestly. Those were the two that stood out the most, and I know I just kind of shit-talked it a little bit, but, like, just when they go sad and kind of low with it, like, I fuck with it. Um, and the thing I thought was the sickest, which, what's the song I hated? The second one? Bull's Realm. Alugobi. There is this orchestral kind of run that the violins do in that song, the second song on the album, that repeats throughout the album in different ways. So like I said, I don't hate it. I just still am not... I have not converted to a fan of Weezer because of this album. And Jay and I have argued long enough. Bijan. Yeah, um, I've went back and forth on this album. Um, I think some of the hype surrounding it is probably one of the first problems. Um, you know, I'm a pretty big Weezer fan as well. I've listened to everything that they've kind of done. Um, and this almost reminded me of some of the hype that surrounded um, everything will be all right in the end and the white album and uh, Pacific Daydream and I was never really like a huge fan of those albums uh, there's songs that I've liked from them um, but not necessarily my favorite and then coming off of the teal album the cover album and then the black album um, definitely was a little bit skeptical of this one but I think that this one 
kind of brings me back. The more I listen to it, the more I feel like this is a classic Weezer album. Matt brings up a really good point with like Dead Roses. Um, that song's just gorgeous, and um, one of my favorite parts of that song is River trying his best to uh, try his best for like a hardcore lyric, which is uh, where they <laughs> yes. where they beat you till you begged to live. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, that's a call out before a fucking breakdown. <laughs> but no one's tried it yet, and it's great. Um, yeah, man, I think a lot of the choruses on this album were really good too. Um, yeah, fuck what you're saying, Matt, because the choruses. Listen, were I, don't like I don't like them. I don't like them. I liked the verses. I mean, if you don't fuck with the chorus and like playing my piano at all, and the fact that of, whole like, like River, little whimsical yeah. break in the middle that was like super McCartney, absolutely. Yeah. Two of us like the Beatles, two of us like Weezer. I don't know. It's starting to you. look like a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Everything on this one is just really good. Um. Grapes of Wrath uh, was another song that I really liked a lot. Bad song. And then also, too, uh, another top song for me, uh, Birds with a Broken Wing. Um, I think that's probably like one of the most complete songs on here. Good song. Even when the, the chorus is... <laughs> uh, the chorus even has bass riffs and stuff like that, too. So I think that helps out kind of break up the monotony of a lot of this album, where it's just a lot of like strings and piano. But yeah, I don't know. That's uh, really good. I think the only song I really didn't like was Here Comes the Rain. That's fair. I think the one song that I wasn't super into was Screens. Uh, oh, yeah, that one's... I have nothing to say about that song. Yeah, I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to say about that. No, man, I don't know. Playing my piano is just like... it. It's like a simplistic song, but like... I can't help but make more Beatles comparisons because like that song, it goes through like these different movements. Actually, really, really beautiful. Again, like the instrumentation in the front half of it. Um, I, I, would, I would say, too... Um, also the way the drums come in in that song. Yeah. Like super off It's offbeat. so Beatles-like, right? It's like something yeah, like off absolutely. of, uh, off of like Abbey Road or something. It wasn't, it wasn't very well hidden, those influences. Obviously, like I think <laughs> they expected you to make them, but like, uh, I think it works well to their advantage here. Man, I'm telling you, if this album was a fucking instrumental album, I'd probably fuck with it. I just that the the way he delivers the vocals in the choruses on songs like that fucking piano song. What's like, wrong with it? Fuck. It's bad, okay? It's just bad. I don't like it. What about I the can, chorus and numbers? I didn't like the chorus and numbers either. I like unbelievable all-time Weezer <laughs> chorus like and I fucking like numbers. Like I like numbers. I just fucking hate the choruses, man. Like it's just kind of funny because, like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of this record was sort of Rivers feeling bad about himself, but, like, he's also just, like, like he sings on Bird with a Broken Wing, Don't Cry for Me, I'm I'm Right Where I Want to Be, and it's just, like, it's it's this sort of, like, content, like, I'm an old dad now, <laughs> but he's just, like, kind of chill with it. He's, like, come to terms with it in a way. I'm prepared to say this is the best Weezer album we've gotten since Maladroit in 2005 oh i i 100% agree well so like the best one i think since then was probably everything will be all right in the end from in 2014 that was my personal favorite that had a ton of songs that were really good it wasn't ratitude 
You know, Ratitude was with <laughs> with the uh, was that the one with uh, the dog, Little Wayne? Little Wayne, or is that Red? Yeah. Allen? No, that's that's. Can we talk about how bad Hurley is? No, we don't need to. Hurley's the worst. How, like, album I mean, to ever come it's out. it's just bad. I don't think there's much yeah. to talk about. It's the, okay. <laughs> I never listened to Red Album. I listened to Make Believe and everything Maladroit. Yeah, I've listened to all these. Um, for me, Green Album was the last like good album front to back that I actually liked from them. Oh, then you need to listen to Maladroit um, again. I'll give yeah. it. A, I'll give it another go. I'll give it another go. Great guitar work on that album too. Hell yeah. But no, like I told you, man, like it wasn't Weezer just ain't my shit, but I did not hate this whole album. I just did not like a lot of like aspects of it, but every song had shit that I liked. So you did like it. You want my score? Sure. I gave it a five out of ten. So you didn't like it. (laughs) He middle of the road it five. I middle of the middle middle of the Abbey Road. And I'll be real with you. Dead Roses and Numbers gave it two points just because of those songs alone. I don't think I'll ever give this one a fucking front to back ever again. Wow. There you have it. Bijan, score? That's brutal. Oof. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to listen to this from front to back quite a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, songs that I really liked a lot, um, just to kind of put that out there again. Uh, numbers playing my piano, um, bird with a broken wing and dead roses. Those are just the ones that um, I can't get enough of. And right now, uh, I feel like this album is an eight out of ten out of, for me. Um, maybe it gets a little bit higher. Maybe it goes lower. Who knows? But nice. Yeah, whatever, Matt. Whatever, yeah. Matt. We already know how you <laughs> feel. Uh, wow. Okay. So I'm just happy to say that I like a Weezer album that came out this year. I'm just really happy to say that. Uh, that's almost enough for me. But uh, we'll just run through the favorites, I guess, for me too. The one that the one that you guys hadn't really mentioned. I I like all the songs that you were talking about, Bijan. Aldo Gobi, I absolutely adore that song and the chorus and all that. So uh, I think that's one that should be their next single. I hope it is. Because uh, that's a super fucking catchy song. Um, it's a, that's oh, a, it's that also is, it's also named after an Indian food, which is really delicious. That song is one hundred percent a Weezer radio hit for sure. Yeah, that's like, like something no I would would have expected off a Green album, only mm-hmm. with the replaced instruments. You know, like right, you know, that's right. got that super simple A B A B C B mm-hmm. song structure. So yeah, I gave this a seven and a half out of ten. Very much excited about the fact that Weezer has a good album out. I don't know if I expect it to last because they fooled me in the past. They had a couple of decent (laughs) albums, you know, what, five years ago, four years ago now. And they've sort of been quiet since. Not quiet, but not good. Uh, Here's hoping for a trend, especially considering they have like four or five albums still in the works right now. So, okay. Before we finish this, what did you guys, what did you think my score would be? Like a three. So I, you see, I gave it an honest shake and I found things I liked about it. I I was thinking about a five as well. There's a lot of cool shit going on musically. Yeah, well, that's that's the point of an album with music. Yeah. 
and then don't sing then bro just don't sing these are these are like some of his best vocals it really does have some of his best vocals and some of it better lyricism in a long time it has some of the best lyricism yeah that too okay and i will say okay 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 songs like dead roses songs like numbers best lyrical fucking vocal delivery from river i've heard ever probably because he fucking like dials it back a bit and he fucking like he has a cool voice but man just like you ain't gotta be happy all the time bro like you ain't gotta make every chorus a fucking pop banger weezer with okay human mixed reviews <laughs> and by mixed i mean yourself i didn't like it as much <laughs> as the other two and they're wrong because I'm clearly the superior musical intellect here. Uh, we're gonna have to review a Beatles album at some point. Sorry, it oh. doesn't slap or rip, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, your superior intellect doesn't vibe. <laughs> three albums up, three albums down. Tonight we talked about the new Stephen Wilson album called *The Future Bites*. We talked about the new portrayal of *Guilt* album, *We Are Always Alone*. And we talked about the new Weezer album, OK Human. Surprisingly, like, nothing really got bad reviews. I wouldn't even say that my review of the Weezer album was bad. It was middle of the road. So nothing got bad reviews. Good albums all around. Take a listen. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at the Musical Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, it is at the Musical Podcast. Um, if you'd like to fo- support us financially, hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Musical Podcast. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, not sponsors, uh, White Claw, Liquid Death, and Goose Island. And uh, big shouts to all the bands that we've reviewed thus far. Big shouts to those guys, all of them. You know, Great job. We love you. We know you. Unless you are Frostbit. Frostbit, official enemy of the podcast. <laughs> That's it. Thanks to Jay and Bijan. Jay's the man doing all the stuff to make it sound great every week. I'm the one running the Twitch, which really doesn't take too much effort, but a little bit. And Bijan for really just killing it in the social media game. So we all carry our weight here. We'll see you next week. Love you. Love you. Love you.